0: It's very tempting to grab at that first thing and say, this has potential, this could be plugged in here. And that that may be true, but because we're trying to build long-term solutions, we just know that bells and whistles aren't always necessary to be able to bring technology to bear on the solutions that you're trying to build.
1: Welcome to the AWS Health Innovation Podcast, where you can learn from entrepreneurs and investors who are driving progress in healthcare and life science around the globe. Hello, I'm Alex Merwin, and welcome back to the AWS Health Innovation Podcast. Today's episode showcases Touch Foundation, an inspiring organization transforming maternal healthcare in Africa. I'm a new parent, and when the time came for our child to enter the world, I took it for granted that transportation would be a non-issue for us to get to the hospital. But in Africa, millions of mothers and their unborn children lack reliable transport to medical care at this acute time of need. We'll learn about Touch Foundation's groundbreaking M-Mama program, which reduced maternal mortality rates by 27% in Tanzania by providing over 50,000 transports per year. We'll learn how Touch Foundation partners with local governments to successfully navigate the complexities of healthcare delivery in rural Africa and their best practices for others seeking to apply technology to narrow gaps in health equity. This is such an inspirational episode. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm pleased to hand it over to Danielle Morris from AWS.
2: Hello, and welcome to the AWS Health Innovation Podcast. My name is Danielle Morris, and I am the Principal Lead for Health Equity at AWS, where my primary role is enabling innovators and researchers around the world who are accessing the AWS powered Cloud to advance global health equity. So that everyone everywhere can live safe, healthy lives. Today, I am joined by Allison Howard Berry, Chief Advancement Officer of the Touch Foundation. In this episode, we will shine a light on how Touch Foundation is leveraging AWS technology to deliver life-saving maternal health care to pregnant and postpartum women in East and Southern Africa through their Imama program. Touch Foundation is a mission-driven organization, Committed to helping bring the health systems of the future for Sub Saharan Africa. So, without further ado, Allison, welcome to the Health Innovation Podcast. I'd first like to ask you to provide an overview of Touch Foundation's mission and the specific challenges you're working backwards from, just so that we can understand the incredible work that Touch Foundation leads.
0: Thanks so much, Danielle. We appreciate the opportunity to talk about our work uh, as Touch Foundation and and specifically with the MAMA program. You said it very well. Our mission is to build the health systems of the future for sub-Saharan Africa. And that's, of course, a very uh, you know large and, and lofty goal. Um, but you know, we're very committed to it. As, as Touch, we've been working as implementing partners of the government of Tanzania uh, for nearly 20 years now, and we really are driven by uh, the same motivations today that we were uh, 20 years ago. We are really concerned that people across the continent don't have access to the healthcare services that they need and and deserve, and the barriers to those services that they lack are, are often complex. And we know that the solutions are, are not always going to be easy. But we know this we know that rural people across the continent really struggle to access healthcare. And it can be for so many different reasons. Many, many people in communities live far from the health facilities themselves. Often, when they can bridge those distances, the health facilities aren't equipped to meet their needs. The healthcare workforce is often under resourced. And oftentimes, even at the community level, people are lacking the knowledge and awareness to seek the healthcare that their families need. And that's an awareness and an education process that's also something that, as the global health community, we need to be addressing. As touch, when we look across these complicated systems, we are committed to finding solutions that are um, first and foremost going to be sustainable. I think when we think about healthcare in Africa, we all look at, you know, a kind of a a patchwork of important efforts. There are so many different actors. Um, The government is, of course, central in a lot of these solutions, but often we see silos and we see programs that are they're working and they're lasting for a period of time, but because the way that the solutions are built, maybe they're grant funded, uh, but then the grant funding ends or the partner moves on to new priorities. These are things that kind of really leave vulnerable people more vulnerable. So one of our largest priorities is to make sure that from the beginning, from that co-creation process, we are thinking about the long-term. And we think that's something that really sets Touch apart. And today we'll be talking about MAMA, which is really an example of how we put those principles to work.
2: Thank you for providing that context. Uh, Many people don't understand the context of healthcare and healthcare delivery particularly in low- and middle-income settings, and having that context is very helpful. Um, how have you supported, or how has the adoption of M-MOM and in integration into the national health system really created a space and an opportunity for the Ministry of Health to think of other technology as a mechanism for delivering health care? It's such a
0: great question. I think that last piece, too, about keeping it simple. I think sometimes when they think about, like, well, what technology can we bring to bear here? I think anyone that's worked in these contexts just thinks, oh gosh, please don't just layer on more and more technology because it it can't be maintained. It can't be sustained. It can't be integrated. You've got this electronic medical rights system here and this app based platform here. And you end up with almost like they become blocks to a, a widespread solution because you've got these pockets. So our hope in the MAMA is that the governments we engage really see that they can work with a a constellation of partners who will help them find the right sized solution. The key is that like right size, you know, that they, and that they have to advocate for it themselves too, because they'll always be able to find partners that say, you need this, you need this, you need this. And they have to really be able to understand for themselves, what is the right level of technology? to apply in this particular circumstance. And I think that Emma has really provided a good example of that, that they can turn to and say, this worked for us. These were the parts that were challenging because of the technology. And it just gives them confidence to be able to integrate technology in the ways that are right for them and for their systems.
2: Well, that's great. One of my customers said, technology ends up becoming an expensive coat rack if you don't consider the context, the need, and the end user, and I really appreciate that Imama has been bubble.
0: I, well. <laughs> I wish I could come up with those little gems. It's so true. We all know it. You've seen it. But, yeah, you see a lot with, with medical equipment, too. You see these just unbelievable, like, investments, and you think this, f- for lack of these kind of key factors, this will never work, and it's such a shame, and That's it's right. such an expensive
2: go-rack. That's yeah. exactly right. What are the <laughs> things that we always really – support customers and thinking about is how are you considering that context, simplify, 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 and make sure that you're engaging the end user in the development as you're iterating so that the solution becomes sticky because ultimately everyone wants to solve this problem, but if it's only designed just to have the technology for technology's sake. It or, just- or, or when the one person is
0: still in the system to facilitate that's it. Right. Like what happens when that person goes away or that role goes away, which like probably will happen because life moves on. What are you going to do then? And that's how do you future-proof exactly the, the technology you're choosing? No,
2: I, I love the concept of future-proofing. That's yeah. how we should yeah. be approaching all of technology and just interventions in general. And so with that background, could you tell us what is your inspiration for creating Imama?
0: Over 10 years ago, Touch and our partners in the government specifically and at some of the hospitals where we have been embedded as partners for many years, we started looking at the issue of of maternal mortality. And there's a model that looks, that really, it it proposes that pregnancy-related maternal mortality is due to three delays. So this model, this three delays model, points to the first delay, which is the delay in the decision to seek care. The second delay uh, is the delay in the ability of the patient to reach care, to reach um, the the hospital or the health center. And the third delay is the delay in the ability of the patient to receive quality care once they're there. All of these factors are driving really just staggering maternal mortality rates globally. We've certainly seen improvements in maternal mortality over the past 20 years, but still today, we're seeing 800 women are dying every day um, from causes related to pregnancy and childbirth. When Touch started working on this issue and trying to figure out with our partners in the government and the Ministry of Health, where can we target a solution that could really make the most difference given the unique challenges that we're facing the Tanzanian population? We look to the second delay uh, specifically because the population there's so many people, such a large percentage of the population are living in rural areas. We thought that we wanted to find a solution that could help to bridge that gap. So M Mama is a transportation solution. M um, Mama is a a network. It's a it's actually it's a toll free number where uh, anyone within Tanzania um, and and other countries now as well, can call a toll-free number. It connects them to a government-owned dispatch services function, which then connects that woman, that patient, to a driver who can reach her wherever she is in the country and transport her to the nearest health facility that can meet her emergent health needs. And so this ICT platform is at the heart of the solution but it's also a people solution. This is the government's program. We've certainly co-designed and co-implemented this with the government over the past several years and have reached national level scale. But really it all goes back to that that second delay and whether or not bridging that transportation gap can make a difference um, for women. And we're of course so um, thrilled that, that Imama over many years has proven to do that and, and has measurably reduced maternal mortality in, in
2: Tanzania and beyond. I really appreciate that Imama has a human-centered approach. And I would love to learn more how you bridge that human-centered approach with the power of AWS technology to deliver this critical care.
0: For many years, MAMA was a regional pilot. When we think about something that has international scale that will be used in multiple countries, it really all started you know, from a small effort to, to really test and to pilot, to figure out the community need, how the healthcare system could um, bridge the gaps for patients. So during um, the pilot period is when we first engaged with um, AWS technology, and now the whole MAMA system, which, as I said, is national in both Tanzania and Lesotho, is reaching over 65 million uh, people every uh, every year. The entire population can can access MAMA. And AWS hosts the system for us. And we decided to develop and host the system with AWS because it offers uh, the the adaptability and the scalability, the, the ability to go from a regional pilot to national scale um, while really maintaining strong data privacy and, and security for us which is extremely important for both the government um, and for all of the MMA partners EmmaMA um, has been a really important crucial tool for our ability to bring this program to life it's all it's one thing to design a, a program and to talk to stakeholders and to map it out step by step but at the heart of it needs to be a robust ICT program um, that can be reliable because, Women are, are calling this number and it needs to be, it needs to be available so that people know that they can count on MAMA and we need to be able to count on the technology.
2: Thank you for that. You've touched a, quite a bit on how the Ministries of Health have been key partners in helping to not only pilot Imama, but then also scale it nationally. Can you talk about how these collaborations or partnerships that you've established have really helped you to and enhance the reach and adoption and scale of Emama, and particularly given that it's a tech solution.
0: Well, you know the thing about Emama is that this is the government's program, um, and we're we're very proud partners to have been really part of a constellation of partners who brought this program to life. But this is a government innovation, and it's something that we are we're incredibly proud of the work that they've done. Mama lives within the government; the government owns the system the the employees, the staff members, the, the advisors of the government, this is their program. And that is absolutely crucial to sustainability. When we're talking about connecting women and patients to drivers, somebody has to pay those drivers. And because the program is so committed to making sure that it's removing barriers to access and not creating barriers, the fees for the drivers are paid by the government. When we say this is the government's program, we mean in every in every way. They're driving the design and direction and ownership. They're also responsible for making sure that from a budgetary perspective, Mama is integrated into the national health system. And that's exactly what they're doing.
2: That's an incredible accomplishment to go from a pilot to scaled adoption and true ownership by the government. I'm really curious kind of to dive deeper into the user, the end user story of Mama. How do you ensure that MAMA is accessible and user-friendly, not only to the women who are in need of care, but you mentioned the local taxi drivers as well as healthcare workers. How are you creating an integrated platform so that the women are connected with the services that they need?
0: I think that the design um, of MAMA and ensuring that it was um, user-friendly and user-focused at all all levels um, of, of the system was crucial from the very beginning. So when we think about the patient, you heard me say earlier that MAMA is a toll-free number. I think sometimes when we think about technology, we think about apps, um, especially today. We think about what kinds of apps we can put on our smartphone to find innovative ways to access goods and services. But we need to consider the context here, and we need to understand that the people that were trying to serve um, and reach with this technology are not going to have smartphones for the most part. The toll-free number is the first and most crucial interface with with the patient. This needs to be something that regardless of the technology you own or have access to, you can reach this service. So designing it as a toll-free number was the first step in ensuring accessibility for patients and, and communities. So it's a free call. To the patient, it's free transportation to the patients, and it's and it's free care, and that's absolutely that's absolutely crucial. Now, for the drivers, one of the things that makes them want to be a part of this system. In many cases, these are sometimes community members that own a, a vehicle. Sometimes these are already taxi drivers, but to want to elect to participate in the M Mama driver transportation network. This needs to be an appealing program for them, and I think one of the most appealing aspects is that they know that they're going to be compensated for their services, and that's something that's guaranteed. That they won't have to um, negotiate with the patient. That they're able to and um, really feel proud of the fact that they're that they're providing, a, in many cases, a life saving service to people, and that the um, the payer and pay relationship is with is between the driver and the government. Um, And the other important thing is that healthcare workers uh, know that they can access the service as well. So, for example, if a healthcare worker who is uh, staffing a a rural uh, dispensary or pharmacy or sort of lower level health center, they too can call the 1-800 number and make sure that transportation is coming to help them provide the next level of care for the patient that's there. And so all of that accessibility comes together to make M-Mama something That really isn't something that kind of sits on top of the health system, but something that's truly integrated into the health system as it is today.
2: I really appreciate how Imama has so thoughtfully considered each end of the solution and the users who will access it. And you've spoken really about how you've been intentional about creating access. Um, But there is another form of access, and that's cultural responsiveness. How has um, Touch Foundation considered adapting m to ensure that it addresses the cultural considerations of the community in which you operate?
0: I think the communication is so important. The, I want to say the word kind of marketing. The way that M-Mama is introduced to people and families and communities is really at, is really at the heart of the success as well. And it's not just an ICT solution. Um, It only is as good as the people who trust it, uh, believe that it's there for them, pick up the phone, call it. Community members who know and feel better, that service is there for them when they need it most. And um, so the way that we've been able to get that message out there is through really robust and years-long engagement, making sure that at all levels of the health system, people understand that the service is there, Um, why, how it can work for them, how it can help them. Um, And that has involved all kinds of different marketing approaches and and communication approaches, um, depending on the context that could be radio and billboards. It could be by engaging community leaders, religious leaders, social sector leaders, and really going all the way down to the community level where people are, uh, where they receive their trusted messages to make sure that they understand that I'm almost there, to be able to ask questions about it and how it works. Um, it's a really comprehensive and necessary communication process that really is essential to make the ICT intervention, the platform itself work. As I said, it, it is as good as people's ability to use it.
2: Given that you're requiring local taxi drivers to tap into the healthcare system, how have you considered training or building their capacity to support Im- in the event of emergencies or while they are transporting women to seek emergency care?
0: Yeah, the, the community driver cadre is a really, it's really interesting. A lot of MAMA transports are everything from horse <laughs> and boat to community driver to ambulance. So it really is mapping and connecting all the transportation options. But for the cadre of community drivers, of which thousands are enrolled, Yeah, their their comfort with the system is really important. We work now for that part of it. We work with Pathfinder. They are the kind of deep community level partner and they are making sure the drivers are trained, that they understand the, the scenarios that they could be in and how to use the technology to make sure that they're bringing this emergency as they see it to the nearest healthcare center. But of course, emergencies is going kind to of evolve. And so they have to be able to have some framework for what their role is as the transportation is happening. So it's a very it's a comprehensive training.
2: I really appreciate that you have connected with other on the ground implementing partners, um, recognizing that everybody has their strength and yes. collaborating really brings the ecosystem together for a patient in need.
0: Yeah. We can't do everything and we shouldn't. We want to be in the lane that's our strong suit, which is then the the kind of technical government advisory and the ICT in the government relations part. But when it comes down to that community level engagement, we know that there are other partners who have really deep and, and significant and longstanding engagements with communities. They're the ones to bring the message. It's been such a pleasure to work with those other partners who bring so much, bring so much value.
2: Thank you so much. Can you now share with us some of the success stories or use cases that have really demonstrated the effectiveness of MAMA to improve maternal health outcomes?
0: We can say today, and this is so just to give a little bit of background, MAMA has been rolling out region by region throughout Tanzania over the past 15 months. And so just in September of this year, in in 2023, we've achieved national scale. So all of the regions, all of the districts of Tanzania now have access to the MMA platform um, to date. And now that the program is fully national, we can expect that we will be providing 50,000 annual transports. Uh, We know today that translates to 1,500 lives saved. And that's because we have proven during the pilot periods that MAMA reduces maternal mortality by 27%. Incredible. That being able to address that second delay is having really transformational outcomes for patients um, by by bridging that crucial gap.
2: What an incredible success story. How are you going to leverage your success to scale? So what's your roadmap for MAMA?
0: Well, I've talked a lot about Tanzania because that's where uh, the idea was first incubated and, and tested um, over 10 years ago. Now, since we've been on the trajectory of, of scaling up in Tanzania, we've also brought the solution to the government of Lesotho. So, Enlama is also the national uh, emergency transportation program um, for, for, for pregnant women in obstetric emergencies. In Lesotho as well. And just this year, uh, the government of of Kenya has invited MAMA to um, be the maternal transportation solution in Kenya as well. Right now, um, we are on track for scaling in Kenya, and then after that in Malawi. Um, So it's a really exciting um, trajectory that we're on. Um, There are other governments that are, of course, interested in the solution. And I think that because, as you said earlier, local context is extremely important, and governments and health systems are run differently depending on the resources that are there. We're evaluating whether or not MAMA can be the right solution in other markets as well. But today, we know that uh, MAMA will be uh, next in Kenya and, and after that in Malawi.
2: The word I keep coming up with is incredible. As you're considering your roadmap for MAMA and scaling to different countries, How are you thinking about AWS's role in supporting your continued innovation in the maternal health space?
0: Well, AWS has been our key technology partner from the very beginning. Right now, we're in the phase of scale-up where we're really working on political engagement in, in, in Kenya, and we are anticipating that our first patient will be transported by July of next year. The ICT system is being replicated using AWS development services. And we're planning to host to have AWS as the host partner for M Mama as we scale up in Kenya. And we know that the platform will be tailored to Kenya's specific needs supporting 53 million people when it's at full scale by 2027. So AWS is the essential technology partner as we do this and helping us to not just move forward in exactly the ways we have, but again, adapting, really understanding what this level of scale means. And AWS is a, is a brilliant partner for us as we really tackle this ambitious path.
2: Does such Foundation have any plans to replicate this model not just in thinking about scale across countries, but in terms of addressing different health outcomes?
0: We do. Thanks for asking that, because once we have this kind of foundation in place, I think it really gets both us and a lot of our partners thinking, here we have this platform. What can we do with it to bring healthcare solutions to all segments of the population? This year in particular, we are really pushing forward with an initiative that is almost an extension of MAMA, that after the baby is born, after that, really after that MAMA transportation has been provided and a woman is able to safely deliver at the facility, MAMA provides that round-trip transportation home. But from that point forward, many newborns are incredibly vulnerable, facing the same challenges that their parents and family members are, are experiencing in rural areas, keeping those vulnerable newborns connected to the care system is really an important factor in newborn survival. So we're actually uh, launching a program this year called Watoto Care, which is an extension of Emama, which is addressing newborn survival and newborn health and newborn connectivity to the healthcare system using the same cadre of of, uh, of community drivers to be able to keep that newborn connected to the health system, whether that's through transportation back to the facility or whether or not, and this is the exciting part, whether or not that driver can be equipped with some telecommunication um, technology to provide a doctor interaction at the home level where that teleconsultation service is brought by the community driver to the patient's home. So these are some things we'll be experimenting with in the year ahead about how the cadre of community drivers Plus that ICT has provided, plus the incredible partner network and the constellation of people who are invested in Mama's success, how we can bring those assets and resources to the Watoto Care Model and keeping babies safe and healthy as
2: well. I am excited to see what comes next. A very important resource that you're providing, and I look forward to seeing how you're not only saving women's lives, but then you're also saving babies in in essence, families and communities. Can you share with us some of the key lessons and insights that you've gained from implementing Imama in real time, especially in edge locations?
0: There are so many lessons and and insights we've learned on this journey. I'll say that I think our team feels really strongly that the partnerships at the heart of this model cannot be understated at all. We've mentioned again and again that this is the government system. The government, of the, the partnership of the government has been... Both extraordinary and inspirational. There have been other enabling partnerships, though, that are that deserve just as much of a, a light to be shined. Um, specifically, the Vodafone Foundation, and that's a branch of, of Vodacom, the, the telecom company within Tanzania and East Africa and, and across the continent, has both shared and really driven this vision from the very beginning and have been absolutely essential partners in the success of Emma's and there are many other people of course that have been involved in this bringing this program to life so we certainly point to partnerships as being a key insight i would say the other has been from an implementation perspective that constantly adapting, really considering context that even across a country as big as Tanzania and others, what works in one place will not work in another. And we point a lot to some of the challenges that we experienced in Lesotho, which is a very different country in in so many ways, but geographically is a very different country. It's a very mountainous country. And the kind of road-based, driver-based solution is not always what people need to be able to access the access services and address that second delay. And in Lesotho, MAMA actually activates not only drivers, but other modes of transportation as well. So that adaptability and flexibility to actually use MAMA to activate transportation by boat, transportation by horse, transportation by uh, whether it's other ambulance services in the country, it's really comprehensive and it isn't just a community driver based system. It had to adapt to be even more than that.
2: Allison, I must say that my ears are ringing every time you mention Lesotho. I used to live and work in Lesotho, specifically addressing maternal and child health. So being able to deliver this innovative change that's really adapted to the local context is just impressive. And I, I look forward to speaking with my friends who are in Lesotho and former colleagues. Uh, to hear how they are experiencing in in real time. But lastly, other innovators and researchers who are listening to this podcast, um, they are also thinking about their greatest challenges and how they might leverage technology to address that real human problem. What's your advice for other organizations or for those innovators with that big idea who are looking to use technology to drive social impact?
0: Our team here at Touch, I was talking to them about this idea, you know, but this idea of learning and how would we're part of a community of, of global health innovators and how do we talk about these lessons with others and, and share them. And one thing that we come back to over and over again, particularly as it relates to integrating technology, is the commitment to keeping it simple. That sometimes it's very tempting, especially with the amount of technology, the solutions that are that are made available each day. It's Technology is advancing at an incredibly rapid rate, and it's very tempting to grab at that first thing and say, this has potential, this could be plugged in here. And that, that may be true, but because we're trying to build long-term solutions, we just know that Bells and whistles aren't always necessary to be able to bring technology to bear on the solutions that you're trying to build. And so keeping it simple, considering, really considering the context always, the, the complexity of the system, the technology isn't always a virtue. In fact, it may actually be putting up more barriers when you think you're on a path to trying to solve them. We always return to that kind of central commitment. Um, how can this be simple so that it will endure?
2: Allison, thank you so much for your time today speaking about the incredible work that Touch Foundation is doing to save lives. I'm so excited to say that Touch Foundation is an award recipient of the AWS Health Equity Initiative, a $40 million three-year initiative to support innovators and researchers like Touch Foundation who are leveraging the AWS-powered cloud to advance global health equity. If you are leveraging technology, to advance health equity, consider applying. Touch Foundation is just so remarkable. I am so excited to continue to support you all and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I
0: mean, our team, it's amazing to be the person here who gets to talk to you about this, but our team is extraordinary. The work that they have done, not just to build the system, but to really make sure that the government is at the heart of it, there. It's such a privilege. So it's to see it Taking root like this and scaling like this is, it's such an exciting time. So thank you for being able to get the word out there more. And it's just going to grow and grow in ways that it's that sort of, that idea of like patient capital, invest and you invest and you invest and you trust that you're on that pathway. And now it's at hockey stick growth. So we're, we're thrilled. Thanks, Danielle. Always a pleasure. Have a great week.
1: You too. Bye. Thanks for joining us today for the AWS Health Innovation Podcast. If you want to get in touch with AWS, please check out our show notes where you can find a link. If you enjoy the podcast, the best way to support us is to share it with your colleagues and friends. We also really appreciate your reviews and ratings wherever you listen to podcasts. We love hearing feedback from our listeners, so please don't hesitate to get in touch. Again, you'll find all the details in our show notes. See you next week.